0: You know, in our first reading, it tells us in Genesis 2, it's not good for us to be alone. And uh, I see uh, very frequently each semester lots of empiric proof of that. Uh, And being of a scientific sort, I thought I wanted to share that with you. Would that be all right to have your permission? Thank you. So we run grad dinners, we run grad dinners. We move them outside into the courtyard because of the COVID issues. And uh, so for graduate students, students in the professional schools and postdocs and young professionals in the area, we have them the first Thursday of the month at seven. We're having one, therefore, this Thursday, seven October, Feast of the Holy Rosary, in the courtyard at seven. Beforehand, we have benediction here and confessions, six to seven. That was... Uh, I wouldn't advertise that. I'll just, I, I will mention it, but I'll, perhaps you'll, you can uh, take that on board and spread the word. And now the evidence. Years ago in May, we have a habit of going around at the dinners when they were in the lounge, and you could have 40, 50, 30 people there, and people say their name and what they do you know, chemical engineering at MIT, architect downtown, whatever. And uh, the third person didn't speak of himself. He pointed to the fourth person, and he said, we met here a year ago when we did pots. The hazardous job of scraping all the pasta sauce off the overheated pot. And uh, that's how we met, and we'd like to announce our engagement, universal applause. He went to the seventh person who didn't speak of himself, but pointed to the eighth, and said, actually, we met here as well, and a month ago we got engaged, so we weren't going to announce it, but I guess we should. That's a universal applause. So that was May. In September, I had a Mass at the law school, and I told the law students that, with a codicil, that uh, if you're welcome to the Thursday dinner, but if you don't want to get married, hide under a table. Hide under a table. Now, as a priest, you meet a lot of people who have married into something incompatible. That's to say, they married someone atheist or Jewish, and they want the woman to raise the kids Catholic, and I will say to them, well, that's harassment. I mean, she has the right to be herself as you have the right to be yourself. You get the idea. And so the fact is, that I sometimes don't want to put salt in the wounds by saying this, but if you went to Mass and stopped also, two-part, went to Mass, stopped to talk people after, there'd be a lot of people to choose from. And if that doesn't work, you can simply come to the courtyard gathering. We, we have generally run pre-cane and marriage prep here. If you don't have someone to marry, Come to the courtyard gathering. That's what we're looking out for our graduate students. Are you with me? And you find someone with the same values. So you don't harass the person. You don't harass the person, make them someone else. You make sure you both have the same values ahead. That's what pre cana does. I give everybody a focus test. It does that too. I just wanted to put in that plug for the courtyard dinners. Wanted to talk about the gospel. Wanted to talk about the gospel, uh, Mark, uh, uh, Mark 10. St. Jerome, in the second to last window there, he's a great scripture scholar in the church. He translated the Bible into the commonly understood language just so everything's in the language everyone can understand and profit from the Vulgate. And uh, there's a great scripture commentary, a book the size of a phone book or a big dictionary called the Jerome Biblical Commentary, used so much it's just called the JBC. And that has a comment on every verse of the Bible. It has a chapter on every book in the Bible, and it has lots of chapters beforehand about Catholic theories and understanding of this, that, the other thing about the Bible. And it's well worth its salt. You'll probably find it used online or new online. There are two editions. They're both quite good. They're both quite good. If one were to look at that, or just about any other scripture commentary, do you know what they would say? Do you know what they would say about uh, about Mark 10? What they would, by the way, we have a uh, an area for kids over there. That kid can stay here. We're glad to have the baby here. We're glad to have the family here. A round of applause for the family and the mother and father. I just wanted to say there's also bathrooms over there for our visitors. If you go over the bridge, you got bathrooms. We used to have toys. I think with COVID, we've had to put them away, but nice place to sit. But the uh, if there are toys, the children get the first choice before the adults. Are you with me? and there's a TV set new over there. What all the commentaries would say is context is everything. You mean our context now? No. Christ's context then. His world then in which he acted and therefore to understand more deeply, more informedly, what, what he did meant. And in his context, the following was true, that women had no rights. Let's start by saying it was unequal. A man could divorce a woman. A woman could not divorce a man. Before I came up here, I was helping out in Princeton, helped out in parishes. There was a woman who came to church. Her background was Jewish. She was trying to get a divorce from her husband. Her husband was Jewish. He would not give her a get. And so she could not divorce him. So it's as real as anything to this day. She said, they say, we're taught in school. And so that was surely not simply unequal, but the woman had no rights at all, because when he divorced her, no one else would take her. So what was she? And she was treated as property, as chattel, something he owned. That was the world Christ was born into, came into, preached in. And so when he speaks to us today, what he's saying is what? That he's abolishing the idea that men have rights and women don't. And he's going back to the primordial fact of the matter that marriage is foundational and there isn't an exception. Moses gave you this exception for your hardness of heart, but that was hardness of heart. Why should the woman bear the burden? And so he puts things back to the way they were in the beginning and what the church teaches against divorce. Now it's also, and and the history of this among the fathers quite apart from clearly in scripture, I think Origen says it's logos, it's not, a, not unreasonable. Augustine says non eratione, not without reason, and so on and so forth. And so the church has, for instance, annulments. If something's missing that would have made the marriage possible, we shown something missing, then one can annul that marriage and one starts over. It's only done in cases where the marriage is already dissolved. The marriage is already dead. It's understandable we, always, we want to protect the permanence of marriage, and therefore the safety of the home the children grow up in. But as the current Holy Father and all other commentators have said, after the marriage has been dead for decades, why penalize that family from starting again and having a Catholic home where they can go to church and be in the sacraments? Is that clear? We can talk about it afterwards if it isn't. Complex matter. Maybe I'm wrong to bring it up but it seems to me it's good to bring up complex matters in mass rather than to avoid them altogether and never mention them. The deeper matter I think is that we are all sinners and we're not simply looking at the divorced. I'm in a sense a bachelor, but I can make mistakes. I have bad penmanship and I have hay fever, so I'm going to admit my faults. I'm sure there are more than those two. I'm sure there are more than those. So we're not putting the floodlights on people who have married and divorced. We all know good people, good Catholics who've got into a marriage with their eyes open, tried to do the right things and it didn't work out. And then within a moment they come back into marriage with the church's blessing, all things having been done. It used to be occasionally people did, they did the weddings in the Cardinal's Chapel. So all the people who would blab about things could be, could be told, no, the Cardinal did the wedding in the Cardinal's Chapel. Everything, all the I's have been dotted and all the T's crossed, are you with me? Not a bad thought, not a bad thought. It's important to support the permanence of marriage. It's important to support people with a new family so that they can go through life with the aid of the sacraments that we have. Is that complex? Of course it is, of course it is. Both things in a sense are true at the same time. But it is solved in some sense not by our hardness of heart, but by our hearts having been touched by God, having so loved the world that he sent his only son. And therefore, he taught us to follow in his example. Be compassionate as your heavenly Father is compassionate. Luke 6, 36. The word revealing what the unseen Father is like, so we will be compassionate like him in turn. The very heart of the Christian message. We're sent forth not to harm but to help. And that's our mission. That is indeed our mission in every age. And as we begin with the confession of faults, we also have to acknowledge as we hear this reading, that falling down is a part of life. But also just as quickly say and assert in a loud voice, getting back up is living. We all know people who've taken drastic measures when they seem feel their life has taken a bad turn. How important is that instead of taking a drastic measure, they know they will always find us a faint image of God, but a sea of mercy as much as we can, let's say a lake of mercy like God. So whatever they face, whatever mistake they've made, they can always come and talk to us. We'll remind them of the great love of God in the sacrament of penance the great love of God in the Eucharist, the great community of the church, the body of Christ is here, but it's also here, the mystical body of Christ. And how we could be that for everyone else to show people, whoever they are, however they're labeled, whatever mistake they made, God loves everybody, no exceptions. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.